Are we are we here yet? Okay. Usually I unload my pockets in the back, but we're moving. We're behind this morning. Okay. Okay, we're supposed to start a new series today, but I'm struggling with it. Um, if you're new to this church, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> well, okay, because... Um, Okay, um, I feel like Satan is working hard on us right now. Um, I feel like he's pushing really, really hard. And I'm, I'm looking, and, and number one, I have to tell you secretly, I get some satisfaction with that because that means we're ticking him off. So I feel good about that, okay? I do, I feel good about that. But that doesn't change the way it feels in the moment, okay? And so before I start to speak today, um, I'm gonna make us stop and I'm gonna ask you to um, pray for each other, okay? To get into groups and to pray for, and I'm gonna cry because he's pushing hard. There are people in this body right now that are just being bombarded with health problems and family problems, and there are people that are near and dear to us that are hurting so badly. Um, They really need us to intervene, to intercede on their behalf and with them and stand with them, whether it's the McPherson clan who just lost, just, just lost a daughter early, right? Or it's, it's, it's Tina and, and, and her family, and Kathy and Van, who's now on hospice, right? And then this week I was with um, Rita's daughter, Dawn, and, 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 and she just lost her, the, the father of her children this week rather suddenly, right? And there are other families in here that are being beat on, <laughs> and that hurts. <sighs> I love you, you know that? And I, I hate to see... Um, so what I'm going to ask, because I don't think I could talk. I'm sure that's part of it. I need a minute. So if you could, will you find somebody that God is drawing you to? Will you please sit with them for a minute and pray? Pray for the Lord to jump in. Pray for the Lord to heal. Pray for the Lord to intercede. And let's be there and be family for one another, please, just for a moment in time. So that's what I'm going to do. Please find somebody to pray with right now. Right now, I'm telling you to. It matters. Okay? Put it back on now. Thank you. Um, I hope you all found somebody to pray with. Please. Uh, before we get started into the sermon, one more thing. Um, does anybody want a cat? Because there's one wandering around outside. And my cat hates it. Huh? It ain't my cat. My cat doesn't like it. So anyways, all right, so off, off the subject. All right, so, okay, put the picture up. Okay. Right? Okay. So in, in he or she adorable? Isn't that adorable? All right, so what I need is for somebody, if you can, to tell me, what you know about that dog just based on the picture you see because i assume you don't know the dog right cute sad 
outside looking in, what, wants a home? Somebody's got an open heart, wants a home. I got a cat for you. Um, <laughs> okay. So, wants a home. Anything else? How about physically? What can you tell me about that dog? Waiting on their mother. Okay. You said soft, fluffy ears. That's good. It does have soft, fluffy ears. What else can you tell me about that dog? It's lonely. Let's get into physical. <laughs> wow. Are you lonely? <laughs> okay. So, he's got a little beard. How big do you think the dog is? Medium size, right? Probably. How many legs do you think the dog has? Probably four. Maybe not for sure. Possibly three. Stranger things have happened, but let's go with four. So you know it's got four legs. So you're making some assumptions based on what you see. You're giving some, you got some ideas. Your brain's drawing a picture of what it might look like. All right? All right. Go to the next slide. Can you solve this puzzle? Boy, that was rough, wasn't it? Okay. Okay. So you figured out the puzzle, which is great. Um, but not all the letters are there. There are things missing, right? So how are you solving it if all the letters aren't there? Your brain automatically fills in the holes, right? It takes what's there. It sees what's there. It takes... What it already knows, right? You already know how to spell the word can or you or solve or puzzle. It takes the context of the sentence and then it fills in the blanks for you, right? All right, one more. All right, now my brain when it sees that fills in the picture too and what it sees is a whole snake with teeth and fangs at the other end but I must tell you, it doesn't see it for very long because I'm gone, okay? I'm gone. Okay, what your brain is doing in all three of those cases is something called amodal perception, okay? You with me? Go ahead, flip the next slide. Amodal perception is a perception of the whole of a physical structure when only parts of it affect the sensory receptors. Didn't know you were going to get a science lesson today, did you? All right? So your brain fills in the gaps. Your brain does it all the time. If you're driving down the road in your car, your brain takes bits and pieces because you can't focus on every ear of corn you, or every stalk of corn you drive by. You can't focus on every line. You can't focus on everything all at once. Your brain can't do that. It would go, right? So what your brain does to allow you to focus on the things that, are, that matter is it takes the bits and pieces from what you already know and what you've already experienced, and it fills in the gaps for you, kind of paints the picture for you, makes it one, makes it make sense. Why do you think your brain does that? You can't focus on everything at once. Why would that be a good thing that your brain would do that? Yes? Right. Muscle memory, it is, right? It becomes habitual. It's why, it's why when you're driving down the road and all of a sudden a pothole shows up that wasn't there before, it can catch you by surprise, right? You hit it before you even realize it. You go, what, what happened? It's because your brain was filling in the spots based on what it already knew, right? It's really a survival skill. 
It really, really is. Because if you could not fill in, if your brain couldn't do those things, if it couldn't figure those things out, I don't know that you'd be able to function. You would be stuck trying to stop and figure out every little thing that happens every time it happens before you could move forward with anything. You wouldn't be able to function. So it's a good thing your brain does that. There's just one problem. Your brain does that with everything, even things it doesn't really understand. It will take things it doesn't really understand, and based on the bits and pieces that it can discern, it will fill in the gaps whether they're accurate or not. Does that make sense? How could that be a problem? You could be wrong, right? You could start to, your brain will make things up. To, why? Because it wants it to make sense. Your brain wants, don't you want everything to make sense? I mean, I don't like being confused, which is a problem because I'm often confused. So your brain tries to make sense of everything, even if it's something they've never experienced before, never dealt with before, never seen before. Your brain tries to make sense of it. And that's exactly what the people of God had to deal with when Jesus showed up. When Jesus showed up, what they saw were bits and pieces of, of prophecy, right? Bits and pieces of who he was and what he was about. And they were so confused because he was something unlike they, anything they had ever seen before. Jesus, and the, and the name of our series, and that leads us into our series, is called Unrivaled because Jesus is. There is no equal to our Savior. Now, the problem with that is, for us, is because we have never seen anything like him before, and there's nothing to compare it to. There's nothing to compare it to. We are in danger sometimes of seeing the bits and pieces of who Jesus is and trying to fill in the blanks, whether they're accurate or not. Make sense? And so what we're going to do in the next few weeks is we're going to go through the book of Hebrews because the, the book of Hebrews is, and we're going to do a flyover. It's not detailed. You can't cover the book of Hebrews in three weeks. That, that might be a lifelong experience, okay? But the book of Hebrews is focused solely on helping the people of God understand that this Jesus we're talking about ain't like nothing they've ever seen before. There is no comparison. He is unrivaled in who he is. This week we're going to talk about how he's unrivaled in his person, in, in just, just who he is, his very identity. He's unrivaled in that. There's nothing else like him anywhere else that they've ever seen or will see. And then we're going to talk about the following week about how he is unrivaled as our high priest, as our connection to God. And that is so important for us to understand because we think we have a connection with God and you may have a connection with God, but his ability to bridge a gap that is unbridgeable in any other way is unrivaled. There's nothing else like him. Okay. And then the final week, we're going to talk about how he is unrivaled in his perseverance and his ability to stand tall in the midst of difficulty and challenges and to be here for you from the beginning to the end that there's nothing else like him in this world. So if you get nothing else out of this series, Jesus is one of a kind. There is nothing else like him. You get that? Okay, so for all the crying I just did, because I did, I want you to know 
he wins. Okay? And I want you to know, and I really do believe if Satan's attacking, he ain't got nothing on this guy. Nothing on Jesus Christ. You got that? Okay. So let's get into that. Let's get rolling. He is unrivaled. If we are to understand Christ, we can't simply fill in the blanks, right? We just can't fill in the blanks. So let's open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. And then our first point will be this. He is, he is unrivaled in his glory. He is unrivaled in his glory. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The son is the radiance of God's glory, and you see glory is underlined, and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That word glory is, is highlighted. Obviously, he's unrivaled in his glory. The Greek word for glory is doxa, right? Have you ever sung the doxology? That's what you're singing about, right? The very glory of God, a very glorification of God. It is a radiance or his reflection. It is unequaled, unrivaled amongst anything else. Um, I will tell you a story about me and, and biscuits and gravy. I love biscuits and sausage gravy. I adore biscuits and sausage gravy. Adore it. Here's the problem. My grandmother made it. So my grandmother made it with a canned sausage that she canned for herself which was A1, the bomb, right? She made her own, mis own biscuits with pure buttermilk. The closest thing I think you might find around here is Ray Jackson's farm, right? And for years, for decades, I couldn't eat anybody else's sausage gravy and biscuits because nothing was like grandma's. Nothing. And I'll still tell you, Nothing is like grandma's. I've just learned to deal, okay? I've accepted my reality that I like it enough. I'm willing to take of it anyways. But there is nothing like grandma's, nothing else like it. It is unique, and yes, it is superior, right? But, but I think, and this is a simple correlation, but I think that sometimes... We confuse Christ's glory, his representation of who God is, with other influences in our life that might be just as good. But they aren't. We just talked about amodal perception, this wonderful scientific term, right? And I think that can certainly inform us. I think that can certainly warn us of concerns because it's a reality. I'm not anti-science at all. I think science is wonderful. I think God gets really excited when we try to figure out his creation, Right? because he put a lot into it. He put himself into it. And when we try to figure out the wonders of his creation, I think it's fabulous. I think it's amazing. Sometimes we're wrong, but that's human nature. I think, we, I think, it's, I think he loves it. But all this stuff about amodal perception is not gonna help you understand who God is as much as Jesus it will. You can't rationalize your understanding of who God is, who is, what his glory looks like, and who Jesus is based just on your science or just on reading all the right stuff or just based on trying to rationalize who he is. This is at its core a matter of faith. 
Faith means believing even though you don't understand every little piece. It's been my experience that those who do not wish to understand, who, who say, I cannot believe unless I can absolutely understand everything, are beating their head against a wall because you're never going to understand fully our infinite God. Right? The only thing that's going to allow you to do this is this wonderful thing that's called the Holy Spirit. Okay? And the, word, the very Word of God and the description of who He is. Think of the brightest, shiniest thing you possibly can. It's got nothing on God. Think of the greatest influences you have in your life, the greatest people you have in your life, the greatest books that you've read, the greatest experiences that you've had. None of them have anything on Jesus Christ. Nothing. None of it. And as much as I refer to, to things of this earth and the, and the ideas that come into my mind and the ideas that, of, of people that I've read and experienced and science and all of that stuff, it's wonderful. It ain't Jesus. It ain't Jesus. One of the reasons I'm so happy to see us pray for each other this morning, and that, and that just, I don't know why God went, well, I do know why God wanted to do that, but this is a unique opportunity to come to, for one another in the name of the Lord and to call on his name, knowing that no matter what you're facing, he is the one who can fix that. There is nothing else that's going to suddenly make it all work. Now, here's my problem. I depend too much on the other things sometimes. I depend on the job, or I depend on the people, or the stuff to fix the problem. But there's nothing that's going to rival him. You'll be wanting forever because the gap's never going to get filled right? Nothing, nothing rivals the glory of God. Nothing. Zip, zilch, nada. Okay? The next thing is this, and his person, his identity is who he is. He's unrivaled in his position. This word superior that's underlined, it's, it's kreton, it's a Greek word. It says, being of high status, more prominent, higher in rank, preferable and better. It's kind of what this means. And so it says this, so he became superior, not just to people, but to the, to the angels. He became superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did he ever say, that be God, ever say, you are my son today. Today I have become your father. Or again, will I be, I will be his father and he will be my son, the idea is there, he's, he never has ever said that to any other creature other than who? Jesus Christ. Again, unique, unrivaled in who he is. Have you ever had a problem somewhere and you're dealing, you're talking with a technician or something and they can't solve your problem? Maybe you're arguing with a uh, utility company about your bill. You ever done that? Ever argued with a cable company? It's a bit... It's a bit like beating your head against a wall, right? In fact, I might rather beat my head against a wall than argue with a cable company sometimes. And you're on hold for how long? Forever and a day. I have found it's effective sometimes. The minute you get on the phone, I give them 10 seconds to figure it out. And if, they, if I get the sense they can't help me, I immediately go, I need to talk to your manager. I need to go up the chain. Why do I do that? 
Stop it. You could you can't understand the tech. All right. So Oh, it does. It does happen too, but bait uh, Diane. All right. So That's right. That suddenly what that does is two things. That will make the person that you're talking to listen more intently. Okay? Because they don't want to get in trouble either. And part of their job is to screen that and quell that and get that dealt with before it even gets to their boss, right? If you've had a boss, that's your job, right? Okay. But I asked for the manager because if the person I'm speaking to can't solve the problem, I go up the scale, okay? I was once having a problem with um, a piece of computer equipment and I argued with uh, tech. I want to say argue. I'm a nice guy when I'm on the phone as a general rule. I don't get nasty, but I'm persistent, okay? Because nasty, I've found, doesn't get you anywhere. Make them laugh, that'll get you somewhere, right? But don't get nasty. So I, I was on the phone with the tech, couldn't get the answer I needed. On the phone with a manager, couldn't get the answer I needed. Took me two days of persistent phone calls, and I was on the phone with the vice president of Best Buy. Okay? Guess who solved my problem? The vice president of Best Buy solved my problem. Okay? Now, do, do I think it's always going to get there? No. I hope it's solved before that. But if we were left to our own devices to discern our connectivity to God without any help, without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, without any of those things, we're a bit like the tech because we're a bit limited. We're a bit limited in what we can do. We're a bit limited in what we can understand. We're a bit limited in our ability to connect with him. But Jesus is not the tech's manager. Jesus is not even the vice president of the company. Jesus is God himself. And when you choose to follow him, he has given you a direct line to God. No ifs, nans, no buts, no two days on hold, no arguing. He has given you a direct line to God. And there is no other person or entity in the universe that gives you that connection. Now, here's my question. Do you use it? Do we use that connection to God enough? Do we lean on it enough? Do we trust enough that it will be there? Do we trust that when God says yes, that's awesome, there's no other better yes you're going to get? And honestly, when God says no, there's no other better no you're going to get because that's the hard one, right? Because I don't know about you, but I hate hearing no, or you can't, or you shouldn't. I'm a bit stubborn, right? If you want me to do something immediately, tell me I'm not capable of doing it. Don't do that. But, but it works, okay? Oh, that's horrible. That's, those are things I shouldn't tell people. Okay. There is no other connection to God that you're going to find anywhere else. You're not going to find it in a different book. You're not going to find it in a different philosopher. You're not going to find it in a theologian. You're not going to find it in me. 
I can help you understand God. I can help you know God to the best of my limited ability. I can do everything I can, but there is no substitute for you understanding that the Lord is unrivaled in his position and his connectivity to to God the Father because he is God the Father and the Son at the same time and the Holy Spirit at the same time. And if you say, how does that work? The answer is it does. It works. Because why? Because God. That's all you need to know sometimes. Because God. And the question would be, do you trust that he is your direct line? Are you depending on me to be your direct line? And I would challenge you to say, I will help you to the best of my ability, but if you are letting me be your direct line to God, if this is the only time of the week where you think about the things of God, this is the only time of the week when you don't connect with him or when you do connect with him, this is it. You are missing out on the guy in charge. You're expecting the tech to solve the problem for you, and he can't, okay? This is about your connectivity to God, and my goal is to see you be better connected to God than me. That is my goal, okay? If you're depending on all me, you're going to be limited by me, not limited by God. I don't know. I'd rather be limited by him than by me any day of the week, right? Okay. So he's unrivaled in his position. The text also said that there were prophets that came before him, people who told you about the Lord, but there was nothing equaled in seeing him. Seeing him and experiencing him for yourself is way different than just being told about him or told what he wants. If we were to move forward, the next thing is he's unrivaled. And this is what I hope we're experiencing today by praying for one another and being there for one another. He is unrivaled in his power to bring rest to your souls. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 says this, and, and try to think of, see how many times you see the word rest in here. It says, therefore, since the promise to enter his rest remains... Let us be aware that none of you be found to have fallen short, for we also have received good news just as they did. But the message they heard did not benefit them, since they were not united with those who heard it in faith. Right? We talked about faith being at the key of this. For we who have believed enter the rest, in keeping with what he said. I swore in my anger they will not enter my rest, And even though his works have been finished since the foundations of the world, for somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in this way. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in that passage, he says, they will never enter my rest. That would be those who do not have faith, those who do not choose to access God, to commit themselves to God, to walk in faith to God, will not have that rest they want so badly. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, that would by the way be all of us who are willing to say, I'm willing to enter the rest of God. And those who formerly received the good news did not enter because of disobedience. He begins, again specifies a certain day. Which day? Today. If you're reading, it says a certain day, and that day is today. He specified this speaking through David after such a long time. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. What does that mean? What are you seeing there? 
This is when you don't just trust me. What do you see in that scripture? What does that say? Yeah. Right, and when is that rest available? Right now. Right now, in that moment. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, do not be anxious in anything but in all things, right? Through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, right? Will be provided for you in Christ Jesus, Right? That rest is, is, it doesn't say pray now and you can find that rest in three weeks. You can find that rest in three months. You can find that rest in three years. I don't know about you, but if I'm totally a train wreck because of whatever's going on in my life, I don't need rest in three months. I need rest right now. If only for a moment for my heart. I need it right now. And so often I think we're not willing to grasp that. We're willing to say, I'm not going to rest until this is over. And I'm telling you, Jesus can provide rest for your souls in the midst of it. You hear me? Not waiting till it's gone because he is unrivaled. Everybody else has to wait till it's gone and then you solve the problem. He can do it right now, right here, right now, this time in this place. How many of you prayed with somebody this morning and you're already at more rest than you were when you walked in? Guess who did that? Jesus Christ did that. Rob didn't do that. You did it because you were vessels for him. But he brought you rest right here, right now, in this moment, in the midst of your trials, your difficulties, and your challenges. And it is God who can make that happen. And it is Jesus Christ who is unrivaled in his ability to make that happen. But you have to embrace it. You can't assume, and we do this all the time, that my problem is too big for God to fix. We harden our hearts, and we say, too, surely this is too big a deal for God to give me rest. That's a lie told to you by this evil God named Satan. Okay? That's a lie. You can find rest in your moments of difficulty if you turn to him. I think that's all I have today. Yeah, I think I'm done. So here's my question. If you have, if you, do you need that rest? If you've not yet even begun to access the Lord to find that rest, it's available to you when? Today, right now. I think we just read that. <laughs> If we're willing to soften our hearts, it is available to you right here, right now, in the midst of your family calamities, in the midst of your diseases, in the midst of your monetary problems or your job problems. You can come up. I'm just, I'm, I'm actually bridging right now. That rest is available to you, that rest for your souls. Will it make the problem suddenly disappear? No. But surely it will help you survive the things that you can't. You know, anybody who said that God only gives you what you can handle, lied. What he only gives you is what he can handle. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand. Let's pray.
We've got some prayers for our body today. Many of you heard some of them from one another. I think that's incredible, but I'm going to try to announce some to the whole body. Um, Tim Tillman is in the hospital. He is doing um, okay, but not good. He was rushed there last night. Um, heart problems, maybe pneumonia, um, seem to come on rather suddenly, but uh, he's not in a good place. If you have an opportunity to go visit Tim, call Tim, call Marsha. She could use your support right now. Larry and Phyllis's grandson, Spencer, is having a tonsillectomy on Friday. Okay? We would pray for that and pray for quick healing. We would pray for uh, Holly Morse's asked for prayer for Colin's grandpa, Bill, and the lymphoma, right? We also want to pray for the troops. Always pray for the troops. Patty Islet has asked for prayers for her son. He needs healing after his surgery. He will be off work for two weeks. I'm sorry? Oh, it does say 12. 12 weeks. He'll be off work for 12 weeks. And he has to have radiation because it was cancer. Okay, so he's missing feeling in his right leg. So, yeah, yeah. So we need God to do some stuff. Lots and lots of work. Okay? He's going to try to be on American Ninja anyways. You go. All right. Um. Kathy Van Scoy, we talked about that, needs uh, emotional support, prayer support. She also needs drivers. Um, Van is in hospice. Yes. Did he pass away? Okay, well, that changes things. Van just passed away, apparently. So... Um, Kathy's going to need you even more right now. Okay? She's going to need us all. She's going to need us all to watch out for her, to pray for her, to be there for her. Yeah. I need you to pray for uh, Rita Helmendaller and her daughter, Dawn, and her granddaughter, Brittany. Um, Brittany's father went to be with the Lord this week rather suddenly as well. Um, we would ask that you pray for them, that you come around them, that you nurture them wherever you have an opportunity. Um, because as we've experienced today, we need each other to intercede on our behalf, to bring the unrivaled Savior to bear in our challenges and our difficulties. Are there any other prayers we can offer for today? Bernice, your mama. I always pray for your mama. Absolutely. Any others? Yes, Beth. Oh. oh my goodness. What's her name? Brayley. Okay, Beth's. Okay. Oh my goodness. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. Okay. So your niece, Brayley. Your cousin. Your cousin's daughter, Brayley, had four years old, right? Had heat stroke in a car this week. So um, please pray for her. Please And for her dad, 
who was caring for her at the time when it happened, and that's got to be weighing on him too. So please pray for both of them and for healing for her especially. Yeah? Okay. Anybody else? Yes, Holly. Mm-hmm. Her daughter okay. is in the hospital. Okay. Um, Braley and um, he. Braley is Whitney your cousin. So we're praying about the same person. Yeah. Okay. Amazing how God connects that. And I was like, daughter Whitney Braley. Okay. Anybody else? Yes. Yes. Update on your sister, yes. Um, it's Marie's. Okay. Um, she did not have any cancer in her lymph nodes. Oh, she had no cancer in her lymph nodes. So Praise God. Good. Pray for healing for her. And thank God there was no cancer in her lymph nodes, right? Let's, while we're busy being upset, let's also praise him for the great things that he does, right? Absolutely. Anybody else? Let's pray. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we are so thankful for your unrivaled son. He is matchless in his nature. He is matchless in his connection to you. And he is matchless in his power to bring rest in our lives. Lord, you've heard our prayers today. You've heard the prayers that we've offered to one another. You've heard the things that burden our hearts and minds. And we pray today that you will give us that rest in the midst of the turmoil. Father God, we are cognizant right now of this moment of Van. Van and Kathy and Tina and their families. Lord, we pray that you will bring them healing, that you will give them, if nothing else, moments of rest during this challenging time. I pray that we will all find time to come around them and come around one another, that those prayers that we offered today will will be followed up on, that we will walk out of here today and remember to follow up with one another throughout the week, reminding each other that you are here, reminding each other that we are here, because that is why you put us in a body together, because we need each other, because when we're lost or we're confounded or upset, Sometimes we need a voice that will point us back to you. Lord God, we thank you for your strength. We thank you for your perseverance. We thank you that you are our Savior, that you have never left us and will never leave us or forsake us. Let, us, let our hearts be softened and let us find rest for our souls, knowing that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. It's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us today.